whole eyes and no sight. Poisonous bunchback toad. The soul of this man is his clothes. Beetle-headed, flap-eared knave. Anointed sovereign of sighs and groans. If you're hearing Shakespearean insults set to music, then that means it's time for this rather overdue edition of Strutting and Fretting, conversations with actors and performing artists from Houston and beyond. I'm your host, Timothy Eggert, and boy have I been busy. I apologize for the hiatus on the show, but uh, today we'll make up for it by talking to actor Bill Giffen about the Dirt Dog Theater Company's production of Talk Radio. Bill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, can you set up the show for us for people who may not be familiar with this play? Okay, so this play was uh, written by Eric Bogosian, and it centers around a radio station that is specifically a talk radio station. And the character I play, Dan Wildruff, has made a deal for the show, specifically Night Talk with... um, Barry uh, to go on national syndication. So it is the last show before they go national. Mm-hmm. And the character of Barry, you kind of don't know which way he really wants. If he wants this or if he doesn't want this, that internal struggle of mm-hmm. being a local controlling versus, okay, now I'm going national and I might be controlled and, you know, the demons he has to... Uh, to deal with within himself. Yeah, and what's the best thing about playing Dan Woodruff? He's he's the producer of the show. Yeah. Right, he's the executive producer of the station and the show. Right. Uh, the best thing about playing Dan is uh, that I get to um, act opposite and watch Kevin Doherty in rehearsals. He's amazing. And he's playing the lead. Barry, Barry correct. Yep. the shock jock. Correct. Who is... Um, Based on a real person that was murdered, is that right? Somewhat. Um, so Eric Bogosian had uh, was writing this play with an, with another gentleman, and I'm sorry, I don't remember his name at the moment, but kind of as they were piecing this together, there was an incident, uh, if I remember correct, in like Denver or Colorado or something, where a radio personality did get killed. Um so there is a little bit of that element mm-hmm. within it, uh, but you don't know ultimately what's going to happen. Sure. No. Okay. This uh, play premiered in 1987, was a finalist for the Pulitzer. Um, has it aged well? How, what, what, what does it speak to as far as today? I think it uh, translates very well to today because we have... I mean, we we still have things like Howard Stern uh, show going on, mm-hmm. as well as um, Infowars with Alex Jones. Is right. that his last name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you know, there are those people who like to get people riled up, like to argue, like to hang up on people, like to um, to get into those situations. But on the flip side, there's also us, the listeners and the callers in who. Right have things on their mind and this is an outlet for them to be able to get their um, ideas out and what they're thinking Mm -hmm. Um, 
and people also want to get validated for their thoughts, so they call into these shows for validation. Oh, okay. They want to be validated. Um, if they get hung up on, they get hung up on. <laughs> or if they get told off, they get told off, but they're still, yeah. they want to be validated so much that it, it, it doesn't matter if they get, you know, shut down pretty hardcore or not. Mm-hmm. It's, they, hey, they were on the radio. Yeah. They were on here. I mean, it's the same in technology as far as today with Instagram and Facebook. Everybody wants to be heard. Yeah. Um, they want to be heard. Yeah. So the, the caller, call-in show is, is just as much a vehicle for the listeners as they are for, you know, the... Uh... So I haven't seen the play. I haven't read it. I feel kind of out of my element. Um Sometimes I, that's the best way. Yeah. <laughs> like going into blind things. Yeah. Sometimes. So does Barry come into every uh, show that he does, like with a specific topic that people call in about, or is it just. Yes and no. He reads a lot mm-hmm. of newspapers. Sure. So he's, he's, when he goes, when he leaves the show at night, that he's constantly thinking about the show. He's constantly reading over the newspapers and seeing what events are mm-hmm. happening that he wants to bring up. So it's always a current event. Pretty yeah. much. Um, his, his, um, Linda, the producer, she also will bring in things that she thinks would be good and they kind of go over them okay. um, to see what would work or what wouldn't. Neat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're moving right along. Um, I'm going to go into the fretworthy five. Fret right, 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 right. worthy five. So, okay. I mean, here we go. Name a song that sounds innocent until you really pay attention to the lyrics. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Um, that's a great question. Um... Man, I would have to research that. Okay. I know so. there are so many out there. <laughs> for lack of a better, like, and for time-wise, uh, I'm going to say uh, uh, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing I can think of at this moment. Mm. I know there's more, but. Okay. Um, I forgot to tell you that you can say pass. Oh. And I t- we're not done until you answer five of them. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but I don't know if that one needs to be your pass uh, question, or or are you going to stick with Billie Jean? I'll stick with it for now, and if I can come back around to it and think of something better, I will later. It might be a write-in. Okay. <laughs> so episode thirty-five. Hey, Bill Giffen just came back with this song. This song that sounds innocent, but totally is not. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, more random questions then. Uh, okay. Do you have a favorite pastry? Donuts. Donuts? Yes. Why donuts? They're just... They're, they're delicious. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. We're going really... This is going to be a short show. Um, who is your personal hero? No. Do you have one? Um, Do you want to skip? Uh, <laughs> and, uh, my parents. Okay. So uh, it'd be plural. Um, so they uh, just they've supported me through some some very hard times. So it's very much appreciated. 
uh, of them and surprisingly how supportive they can be because we all think uh, the wrong things a lot of times and how people are going to react. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had that fear within ourselves of how people are going to react. But, um, you know, for the most part, they've been really, really supportive and uh, different reactions than I would have expected, which has been nice. Okay. I won't. I won't force you to go into great detail on that one. Um, do you have pets or other animals at your house? I have three dogs that currently reside with me. Uh-huh. One is a full boxer. Okay. She's the smallest at forty-five pounds. Oh my gosh. Um, the middle-aged dog. Uh, is a boxer mix. We have no idea what he's mixed with, so we're going to have to do that dog DNA test for him. I don't know how reliable those really are. Eh, it's fun. Whatever. We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, could be Great Dane. Could be a Greyhound. Could be a Doberman Pinscher. We mm-hmm. have no idea. Yeah. Um, but more than likely one of those three okay. uh, animals. And he's weighing in at, I don't know, 60, 70 pounds these days. Um, and then the, the oldest dog is Holly's dog. Holly's my girlfriend. And uh, his name is Petey, and he's, uh, I think, weighing in about 60 pounds or so. Wow. Yeah. So, small dogs in the house, you know. <laughs> Lap dogs. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so, just the three dogs? I don't know. You, you made it sound like, well, there's three dogs. No, no cats. And then no gerbils. No five, goldfish. Okay. Right. No just partridge in a pear tree. Apparently, I read that wrong. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite day trip location? A favorite day trip location? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my bed. It's called Naps. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a short trip, for sure. That's, I know, right? That is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's... This <laughs> is going to be the... Shortest opening segment ever. Um, that's, I don't know. I, I enjoy that day trip myself. I, yes. I, you know, I try to get a nap whenever possible. Yes. I, I totally understand that. Okay. Oops. I'm kicking things now. No, I apologize. It's, okay. it's all right. It's easy to do. It's a small, it's a small room, which is not at all in my house. It's <laughs> Studio E42, which is completely soundproofed as yes. i'm sure you can tell with the audio quality and um also um very clean and organized absolutely yeah absolutely yeah bill's looking around going yeah it's a dumb no um, i like it okay. i like the elephant in the room there there is an, <laughs> an elephant in the room people Okay, we're going to pause for a bit. After the break, I'll talk to Bill about his theater experiences, but don't fret, we'll be right back. How did this happen? You have to believe me, Beast would never do anything to endanger Fabletown. I think this situation requires certain skill sets, Miss White. I guess it takes a wolf to track a wolf. We may have a problem. Protecting Fabletown was my job. I failed them. There are things that happened in the homelands. Things that nobody knows about. Whatever's happened is bad. But right now, Fabletown could use a little bad of their own. Welcome to Fabletown. For more information, go to fabletownseries.com. 
Welcome back to Strutting and Fretting. I am talking with actor Bill Giffen from Talk Radio. Um, so the, the second half of the show is usually me asking people their origin stories, if you will. Um, okay. So uh, why theater and how did you start? Ever since I was uh, a child, I was always fascinated with movies. Um, I... The first movie that I can recall seeing mm-hmm. uh, was Star Wars, and that just you know blew me away. It was amazing. Um, I always just gravitated and was fascinated by acting in movies um, throughout my life, but unfortunately, I suffer from the introvert disease mm-hmm. uh, and shyness disease, and uh, so no way was I putting myself in that situation. Um, even though there was something about it that that I identified with, um, and so my senior year in high school, I had one last elective to take, and um, so I decided talked with some friends to kind of see what the class was like, and so I decided, okay, I'll take this theater class, um, and I'm glad I did. Uh, the teacher was very very. Um, welcoming and mm-hmm. created a warm safe environment yeah. uh for us to be able to do the things that she was asking us to do i mean it was very beginner level stuff and like a you know a overview for the most part mm-hmm. of theater uh type of a class but she still created that safe risk free um environment so that we could not worry about being self-conscious uh and then you throw into the mix that you're a teenager so of course right you smile wrong and you're going to take it, you know, somebody smiles at you and you're going to think something way off. Well, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't have that within her classroom, uh-huh. uh, which was nice. So she created a, uh, amazing atmosphere to be able to do things with. So, uh, I liked it. I enjoyed it. When I went to college, I took an, uh, acting class that first semester and auditioned for a play, didn't get cast, but, uh, had a great, um, time in the in the acting class, so I took acting two in the spring, auditioned for a play, got cast, had like three or five lines. I didn't care. I was excited. Yeah. I was happy to be in it. Uh, met some some nice people, wonderful people, uh, doing the play, and it just snowballed from there. Okay, so you've been doing this on and off basically since high school. Correct. Oh, that's cool. And and you also taught theater was that the high school level or i did i taught one semester at a middle school in huntsville mm-hmm. and then a uh, job at the high school became available at college park high school so i submitted myself for that and ended up getting hired and then i worked for there for about eight years wow yeah that's cool yeah and uh, i don't know are there, there i don't know I, i've got my theater teacher, like from high school, like on Facebook and, mm-hmm. and a lot of us still keep in touch. Yep. So it's like, do you, I think theater teachers are sort of unique in that respect. I don't, I, I think you develop a relationship with your students that, um, you know, kind of transcends the one that you would in math class or, you know, for the most part. Yeah, for the and, most part. Unless Absolutely. you've got, like, I mean, unless you've got, like, Edward James almost as your math teacher. Right. right. Uh, it's, it's, I think the art classes in yeah. general lend themselves to that. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, band or choir or, mm-hmm. 
you know, art or sculpting or painting uh, classes uh, within high school, uh, you get to develop those those bonds and those relationships more. Yeah. Um, you know, outside of that, absolutely, you still have, you know, that math teacher who has that really great handful. Sure. Yeah, or the history teacher. Yeah. Um, but yes, I do have a lot of uh, former students as Facebook friends and follow them and they follow me. Nice. That type of thing. That's so, cool. Yeah. Um, was the part of, I assume... What was I going to ask? I'm derailed my own brain. Um, but <laughs> um, I, mean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so you were there for eight years, and um, was there just a moment that you, after working other jobs, you thought to yourself, "Hey, teaching theater," or um, so the goal was. Uh-huh was uh, in about 2002, 2003, I took some film acting classes in Houston Mm -hmm. with um, Kim Terry at the Kim Terry Studios. And she put on some and hosted some showcases for uh, casting directors, um, agents, producers from Texas, L.A., and New York. And so I performed in those and made some, you know, good contacts, but... Unfortunately, I could never get the money together to move sure. to L.A. So um, I was substitute teaching and working at a movie store in the Woodlands Mall, uh, Suncoast Videos, which is no longer around. But right. if you remember that place. It was place, like one of my yes. favorite places to be yes. like in, in, in middle school mm-hmm. and not so much in high school because, I mean, I think once DVDs sort of became mainstream, it just stopped... I don't know. I it's it's like collecting VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Um, like that was the heyday of having places like Suncoast and Sam Goody and yep. you know stores that don't exist anymore because we download so much of that stuff now. Yep, um, absolutely. But that's like yeah, that used to be like one of my favorite places ever. Mm-hmm. There'd be a big Doctor Who section. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it was. We, I good. probably saw you at some point in time before, probably. I even, yeah. before I even met you or really knew you. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So during that time, I was uh, I had a substitute job for a lady who was on maternity leave who was an English teacher. So mm-hmm. uh, I taught the class for six weeks. And during that time frame, before that, I had never really done a long-term sub gig. It was just mm-hmm. class here, class there, teacher here, teacher there day-to-day type of thing well this one particular school year the second day of school i get home and for some reason i don't remember if i was coming home from the the movie store or if it was from a sub job that day but i had a message to call oak ridge high school so i did and Hmm. uh the the woman who um coordinates the substitutes said hey we got your name uh, we heard really good things about you. Uh, we have a long-term sub gig available. Yeah. To give you a little heads up, though, the original substitute left after the first day and wasn't coming back. Today, the second substitute said he's not coming back. Wow. So would you be interested in taking this, <laughs> this up? And I said, sure. And my bank account says, Sure. sure. <laughs> so, so I did, and uh, so it was really funny. The first day uh-huh. I was in there, yeah. and you see the kids, and they start coming in, and they go, "Oh, look, it's the sub for the sub for the sub, right?" Uh, and everything, and making those jokes, and they're sure. like, you know, all right, you won't be here tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, 
I will be, but nice to see you. Good to meet you. We will see you tomorrow. And they're like, you won't be here. Wow. And then to see their faces the next day when I was there. And they yeah. came in the room. They're like, we're stuck with you, aren't we? Like, yeah. 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 You didn't get rid of me. Were Sorry. Were they particularly nice unruly? Or, no. Or I just think that the, the other, other subs, yeah. you know, I don't know if they had any uh, classroom experience or not. Okay. Or what the exact... I have no idea. Mm-hmm. All I know is that, yeah, the the uh, the students were running the show before I got there. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, the other subs, I guess, just... Wow. Yeah. Said, I don't want to deal with this. Um, uh, to keep them uh, in place and, and disciplined and, and ready to learn. True. Uh, type of thing. So, when I, in the middle of that, I, I said to myself, okay, if I can't get out to L.A., then I can do this. Mm-hmm. I'll still be involved in theater. Yeah. I'll still be involved in what I love and is a passion. So, yeah. And then uh, that next spring, I decided, let me go back to school. Let me get my teacher certification and and do that. Because I just didn't see. I was at an age to where I didn't want to wait tables and I did not want to bartend. Right. I had never done either. And I knew enough to know I didn't want to start. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I used to tell people I don't want to move to L.A. just to become a waiter. Yeah. I can do that here. Yeah. So right. <laughs> it's like... You know, if I was going to move to L.A. to become a waiter, let me start here, and then I'll move out there. Yeah. So right. I'll know what I'm doing and not be a schmuck and be sure. poor and then mm-hmm. live in a van down by the river. Right. Um, does Does teaching theater to others make you a better actor? Um, has that informed you later on? I think it... I think it it can and it does because you're constantly thinking about it. Yeah. And plus you're constantly watching things. I'm a, with being that shy, introverted um, person, uh, a lot of time, you know, I just spend observing. So uh-huh. I just observe. And so for me, even when I'm directing a show, you're constantly, I mean, that's what you're doing. You're observing yeah. over and over and over again. And so you're seeing things that are working, not working, mm-hmm. and you're still computing them in their, in your brain. Sometimes you're actively doing it, and then other times you're you're not actively doing it, but it's still working. Yeah. It's still happening. Sure. Um, that's why I always said, you know, and would tell my students, hey, look, when you're not on stage, you need to sit in the audience and pay attention because you're going to learn just as much or if not more out here as you are going to be on stage. Sure. So you've been doing this for a long time. Do you have favorite roles over your there's a like there's a handful ish year career uh there's a handful okay um uh what's the first one that comes to mind lee and true west okay mcmurphy and one flew the cuckoo's nest which i saw and you were awesome oh, thank you <laughs> uh brick and cat on a hot tin roof um that was at the owen Yes. So I also saw you, you did there. see that one okay. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Stanley and uh, Streetcar Named Desire, which I sadly missed. I'm sorry. I'm 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 trying not to be all weird fanboy grovelly, um, <laughs> but yeah, I I I think most listeners have figured out the people that I ask on the show, I kind of already know personally, so. <laughs> eventually I'll get around to asking strangers. It's, it's that same, oh, and I just hit the mic, but it's that same kind of like uh weird uh introvertiness that, you know, I think a, it's weird. I, I've probably said this before on the show, but um, 
familiar with the Myers-Briggs um, personality inventory? Okay. Yes. So, um, like INFJ, INFP, those kind of people mm-hmm. are um, supposed to be like less than 3% of the world, world population. But I swear to God, they're all in theater. <laughs> all of them. And and it's like, you know, it's, it's all these really like-minded people that you would think um, don't have any kind of shyness or introvertiness to them. You think because they perform in front of crowds of people, you know, whether it's, you know, 12 people or, you know, 1,200, 12,000, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 12,000 is a little high. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you get my point is, is like you would think that these people would be able to switch on all the time. And it's that's actually not true. We're all human. And it's like, you know, we I, I go into parties being socially awkward all the time. I'm usually the guy checking out the books and the DVDs and going, Hey, we have these in common. That's nice. I like to find a nice place to sit Uh and then only get up to refill a drink, get a snack or use the facility. Yeah. And if you happen to sit down next to me and start a conversation, great. If not, I am happy just watching. Yeah. I'm that guy. (laughs) Yeah. I get it. So, um, even when we do, I think also, um, in those regards, I mean, they can. A lot of people switch things on and off. Yeah. Um, but they did because they've learned it. Yeah. Um, I heard uh, a story, I forget where I heard it, about Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. that she could walk down the street and not be recognized, not be noticed, but the second she wanted to be, she could flip the switch, right. and then everybody turned and noticed it was her. Yeah. Uh, type of a thing, uh, you know, to that switch and that flip, uh, which apparently she also was very, you know, didn't exactly want all of this sure. that she created and, and everything, mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, type of thing. I could see, yeah, I can see how that would be easily overwhelming when you're on that level for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, you mentioned directing. Uh, was that. For theater classes, or, or or have you done a lot of work as a director outside that? The uh, most of them are going to be before the uh, the uh, school plays. Sure. Yeah. So we would do about four to six productions mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. Depending on how many theater teachers were there at the time. Right. Uh, we've had we would have between two or three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can do the math on that one, and then half of the time. Uh, I would direct a play, and the other half it was the technical director mm-hmm. um, that I would do role wise, yeah. and then we'd flip and switch uh, depending on who else was there. How does the, how do how do those get chosen? Do you just have like a list of ones that you want to do, and then you have to get it approved by somebody, or or how does that work on the high school level? Yeah, you think about what you would like to do yeah. and what's interesting mm-hmm. because uh, you always, at least in my mind and my outlook is you always want to be doing something that you're interested in sure if you're not interested in it and you're not you know find some sort of connection to it Mm -hmm. then don't do it don't waste your time don't waste don't waste everybody else's time right um so you want to find that and then when you find that then you on that level you think about okay who do we have yeah 
that would be able to do this show sure. because a lot of times you might not be able to because you might not have the, the right. talent that's mm -hmm. there. Other times you have the talent that's there or you have a mixture. Um, so those type of things do get put into consideration. Um, and it's not, you know, it's it's totally different than precasting because you're not precasting, but you just so you, you need to sure know that you have got you need to people, know do we yeah. have the people strong enough to pull this off? Yeah, because at College Park we did some pretty you know intensive stuff mm -hmm. uh, play wise yeah. uh, and really challenged the students because that's kind of the point of mm -hmm. of theater and school at the same time is sure. to challenge your students to to be better to be more. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we try to do. And then, yes, you would have to take it by and get it approved sure. uh, by administration. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes, yes, we did not get approved for some things. But. Okay. Well, I won't pry into those. <laughs> um, is College Park where they did uh, all the uh, Twilight Zone? No. No, I'm thinking of something else. I think it's the Woodlands High School. Okay. Yeah. I'll edit that out. So I just don't want to sound like an idiot. <laughs> it's like, I was like, I love the Twilight Zone. And now I'm like, ah, I can't talk about that. Okay, that's fine. Um, do you have like bucket list plays that you still want to do as 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 an actor or, or as a director even? Yes. Um, uh, fortunate enough to have done some of them already. Yeah. Um, I would love to do Lee again in true west mm -hmm. because when i did that play it was it was pretty much like a um uh for lack of a better term that i can think of at the moment uh kind of like a master class okay um that me and some other students put together and we asked one of the um the professors at sam houston state university to direct us within that yeah uh because i had done my last auditions uh, there was no more acting classes for me to take yeah and the last show i was in i basically had a monologue on stage and that was it so i i wanted more i wanted something more uh so we put a bare bones um production together and then some other students did one of uh, a play i think it was called patient a or something like that mm. but um they uh, so we did it in rep like four nights in a row, um, type of a thing. So I would really like to do a full blown version uh, of True West, uh, whether I perform as Lee or I can alternate and do mm -hmm. Lee Austin. I think that would be very interesting to oh, do, yeah. much like John C. Riley and, and and Philip Seymour Hoffman did oh, wow. uh, when okay. they did the Broadway. Uh, I was aware that they did that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can think of other places where I've heard that done, like the Frankenstein that um, Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller yeah. did, which was awesome. And I, I missed it. I wish I had seen that. I wish I had seen both ones, but, <laughs> but um, oh, it was incredible. We'll talk about yeah. that later. We don't need to talk about that now. But That'll be another another show. Yeah, you're right. Yes. When I'm we interviewing them, one. sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Get them on speed dial. Quick. No, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, um, so that one... Um, I, I would like to do uh, another um, Sam Shepard show. Oh, my goodness. And I, uh, The Late Henry Moss. I would love to do The Late Henry Moss. Um, I'm looking forward to Dirt Dogs uh, Theater Company's mm -hmm. uh, auditions for A Lie of the Mind in the spring. Okay. And so That's I'm, Shepard, right? Yep. Okay. So I'm excited about auditioning for that. And then I want to do a whole lot of Martin McDonough plays. Oh, okay. Yes. So if you're not seeing a theme here, dark comedies yeah, are my thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, and um, I, I guess 
Sprinkle not, it in with the noises off from time to time, just to break up the monotony. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which, by the way, congratulations on your Monty um, Award, Tim Eggert. That's right. It's an honor to be nominated, and I'm glad that you were. And um, Well, you deserved it. Well, thank you. I, I, I said think so you on the stage. It. I went, this is rolls perfect for him. So Tim was Gary and noises off and had the privilege mm-hmm. of acting with him on the stage oh, yes the privilege yes. is mine that's a that's an ensemble show it really is it is and um uh, if i won an award it's only because i was fortunate to be part of a really good cast so it was a good I time appreciate that it was it was it was um there were some stressful moments but yeah, it was absolutely. it was <laughs> But it's it's a fun show, and oh my god, Act Two is a workout. It yeah, is, it is like we used. I I used to joke about, um, and probably you remember this, but um, I, I I I kept asking uh, Travis, our director, if you know when they take down the set, can they just rebuild it in my backyard so that you know we can have a reunion every week, run through Act Two, and get like the best workout. We'd be in such good shape. Oh if, yeah, if we could do that. Oh yeah. I'm a, I, feel like I almost died twice well, during the show. I, I can't remember if I ever told you. Did I mm-hmm. ever tell you that after Act 2, I would always have to tighten my belt one notch because I lost that during Act oh, 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's but that's cool. all right. No, yeah. it's a fun show. It's fun. Yes. And we had a lot of fun with it uh, as... as mm-hmm. uh, as stressful as it was, yeah. in, in the end, I'm glad. I'm glad to have had that experience. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's a, with everybody it's that was a great show, the show. To be part of. Um, you, know, you were talking about dark comedies mm-hmm. for you earlier, and this is this is not your first Dirt Dogs show, is it? No, okay. I've been. This is my third. Yep. Okay. Third. That's what I thought. Yep. So yeah, I'm sorry. So no, go ahead. Um, you were in. I was in Glengarry Glen Ross That's right. for my first production with them, mm-hmm. um, playing Dave Moss. That was awesome. Yeah, I got to have a whole scene, um, ten minute scene with. Oh uh, my goodness, why am I blanking on his name? Why, 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 why? Because why? I'm recording this. Uh, probably, probably. I see his face. Alan Doris. Yes, the great Alan Doris. Okay. Is awesome. I'd always wanted to do a show with him, yeah. and finally I got that chance. And not only did I get that chance, but I got to do a ten-minute scene with him. Mm-hmm. You know, on just us two that do That's it. That's cool. So it was really, really cool. Yeah, it's um, I I love long duets like that it, you just feel like you're the only two people in the world when that's going on usually and it's not a romantic thing at all but it's just <laughs> it's just it's just nice to be able to just be with that other actor and work and and don't focus only on that it's 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 i can't really explain that that's how that's unique to other scenes but it yeah. is it really is kind of special um and then we just did uh, the Exonerated this past spring. Oh, that's right. Uh, with Dirt Dogs. Okay. So um, uh, my understanding is that they also go for the sort of edgier, or at least uh, gritty, s- yeah. gritty or mm-hmm. socially conscious. Sometimes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's cool. So that's what that's about. That, yeah. That's so if check out dirt dogs theater company, if, if that's your fair, I kind of wish we had something like that, you know, near to where I live because, you know, been saying that for years. Yeah. Not, not, <laughs> not for nothing. No. Um, you know, just, I, I really wish there was a black box in this area. I really do anyway. But, um, 
so that's that's your bucket list. What's next for you after this? Do you just um, concentrate on work mm-hmm. uh, to uh, put a roof and food and all of those fun things? Yeah. I don't know why we need them, but yeah, um, yeah it's just whatever. The whole surviving thing. Yeah. Well, that's okay. um, do you want to talk a little bit about what you do when you're not acting? Uh, when I'm not acting, I am uh, a financial planning associate with Majors and Mondragon Wealth Management. So um, it's been really eye-opening for myself getting involved in this field and seeing you know, how much people don't know what they need. Yeah. Um, and how much help they need and they don't think they do. So, um, I need all the help I can get. I know enough to know that I know nothing. So (laughs) we'll talk. Okay. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's, that's, that's, you know, one the, one of the greatest things about this is, is the fact that you're helping people, you know, maximizing their life and their lifestyle and trying to get people away from that paycheck to paycheck cycle. Yeah. That's great. I've been, trapped in that for yeah. a long time and so that's the other thing is the plus within working within this i'm talking about it every day yeah so i'm keeping myself in oh, check yeah okay. to help myself out uh, as well so cool yep. okay i think we're gonna go into the cold read struts cold, cold read strut and um here we Go. I think it's over. Sorry, my dog is licking my hand, and I have to now switch gears. So, uh, what we're going to just to set this up for you, um, we are. I'm, I pulled something from Merchant of Venice. It's it's probably the um, probably the most famous speech from that. You know the you know if we you know prick us, do we not bleed kind of deal. Um, but as a twist. I, I would really like to see if you could do this as Jack Nicholson. Are you going to post a picture uh, on I, your website? I can. So that, that people can see <laughs> the face in case they don't know who I am and aren't following me on Facebook or Instagram well, and have yes. seen the look that well, I can well, give. Well, here's, here's the, for sure, you're going to send me a headshot, right? Yes, but I'll also but, send you a picture of the... Yes, please. Oh, my God. It's just... My heart stopped. Okay, so I'm gonna <laughs> hand this to you, and take a minute or so to look at it if you want, and let me know when you're ready to go. Okay, and we we'll, we'll get back with a fun fact uh, about noises off uh, here after I read this with okay. Ken and everything. Okay, Ken, and we were pausing for me to read, right? Yeah. He hath disgraced me, inherited me a half a million, laughed at my losses, mocked my gains, scorned my nation. Thwarted my bargains, cooled my friends, heated mine enemies, and what's his reason? I am a Jew. Hath a Jew not Jew eyes? Hath not a Jew hands, organs, dimensions, senses, affections, passions? Bed with the same food, hurt with the same weapons, subject to the same diseases, healed by the same means, warmed and cooled by the same winter and summer as a Christian is. If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? (laughs) If you poison us, do we not die? And if you wrong us, shall we not revenge? Cool. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Love it. 
<laughs> so you said you had a story a or an anecdote for you? Anecdote yes, for from you, of you. Oh, so uh, yeah. <laughs> when we were doing noises off, okay, in rehearsal, yeah. Uh, Freddie gives Gary a box right. as he prepares to come on stage in Act Two. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. And uh, during the rehearsal process. You couldn't stop laughing when I would pick up the box oh, that's right. and turn and look at you smiling as if to help you. Yeah. And uh, why why could you not look at I me? Just um, you look. Yes, you were giving me the the Nicholson eyebrows and smile. Yes. Yeah, was... So we we decided he could not stop laughing when he saw that because he just, and so he's like. Finally, he's like, you can't do that. Like, what am I doing? He's like, you can't do the Jack Nicholson. I don't, what are you talking about? This is me. I'm not doing any Jack Nicholson. I know. It's and so we finally, right. we yeah. finally figured it's the eyebrows. And so I just had to smile at you <laughs> without the eyebrows. And then he could get through it. Oh, man. I had actually sort of forgotten about that. And now it's recorded for posterity. I'm, yes. I'm really, it will always be there for that you. That is fantastic. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap up? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, I don't know. Is this where you, I don't know, you do your thing? I, I do my thing, saying. but, you know, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I suppose. But, the, the, yeah, there's a thing that I do at the end. Um, I don't have this quite in the thing, but I hear there's uh, talkbacks and industry night tickets and things like that is yes okay so um the sunday matinees for talk radio and the monday industry night uh for talk radio are all pay what you can uh, oh that's cool nights uh and i believe they probably i think they ask for at least ten dollars but that's reasonable pay pay what you can okay um so there is that there is two talk back nights Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i do not have those um Memorize, but we, they are on the website. They should be on the website. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. Correct. Well, then now I'm going to do the thing. Okay. Okay. And if here I have we, anything to add, I'll let here, you know. Yeah, just interrupt me <laughs> or smile at me and do the eyebrow thing. Oh no, no, I'm not going to look at you. <laughs> Bill Giffen plays Dan Woodruff in the upcoming Dirt Dogs Theater Company production of Talk Radio. The show runs August 24th to September 8th at the Midtown Arts and Theater Center Houston, or MATCH for short. Uh, You can get ticket and showtime information at matchhouston.org, and that's Match Houston spelled only with one H. So be careful. Don't, Don't double H it. You've been listening to Strutting and Fretting, conversations with actors and performing artists from Houston and beyond. Our theme music is by Ben Miller. Part of this episode was written by William Shakespeare. Speaking to you from Studio E42, which is not at all a spare room in my house, I'm your host, Timothy Eggert. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the cheap seats. How did this happen? You have to believe me, Beast would never do anything to endanger Fable Town. I think this situation requires certain skill sets, Miss White. I guess it takes a wolf to track a wolf. We may have a problem. Protecting Fable Town was my job. I failed them. There are things that happened in the homelands. Things that nobody knows about. Whatever's happened is bad. But right now, Fable Town could use a little bad of their own. Welcome to Fable Town. 
For more information, go to fabletownseries.com.